It's time for To The Last Drop Podcast with Liam Delcom and Brendan Nell. We're back. It's To The Last Drop. I'm Brendan Nell and I'm with Liam Delcom. Liam, are you surviving there in Paris? Um, Brendan, I feel like I'm on my last drop. Um, it's been almost seven weeks now. And it's um, Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a slog. Uh, but the finish line is in sight, and what a spectacle um, that is. Yeah, I don't think people realize a lot of the times the amount of work you obviously do in that time. And while it's yeah, obviously a privilege and to always be at a World Cup final, by the time you get to week seven or week eight, um, you, you, you're actually so mentally drained that yeah, you, you almost you have to remind yourself to enjoy the moment because yeah, otherwise it just becomes another slog day of working. <laughs> um, well, I don't know what the enjoyment factor will be on on Saturday night because uh, it's, it's another late kickoff. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think it's you know uh, the enjoyment factor is going to be probably very low <laughs> because the the priority is to get nine hundred words on the screen by final whistle. So yeah, yeah. Well, the priority is elsewhere. If the box win will be to get nine hundred beers down. Um, by the time the, the cup is lifted, <laughs> so um, everybody's got their own challenges, I suppose. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah um, uh, as, as you know, I'm also sitting not in South Africa at the moment, so I'm away. So I'll be watching where I am, and I'm sitting in Mauritius. Uh, the, uh, the it's two hours ahead, so the, the game begins at eleven o'clock at night, which is also a bit mm. of a challenge at times to keep you. I, I'm 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 sure you'll be able to deal with that, Brent. <laughs> Hey, listen, uh, yeah, the struggle's real, as they say. So, I mean, everybody's got their own uh, mountain to climb this weekend. And the Springboks especially. Um, yeah, uh, first, let's, let's start off. I mean, the, the, the All Blacks, the dream final, the one we wanted. Uh, yeah, I think so much has been said about how the box, you know, won that semifinal and, and, and sort of came back and just showed their grit and their worth in, 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 in sort of coming back basically from the dead for the second week in a row. Um, I suppose the worry from this side, though, is the All Blacks look fresh. They sort of demolished Argentina pretty easily, you know, sort of almost with the canter, not not even in, in fifth gear, um, and uh, had an extra day to relax. How how do you think that's going to play in it? Do you think that the fatigue is going to be – do you pick up anything there that the fatigue is a problem? What I did pick up, um, I went to their press conference a couple of days ago, and the, they are – in a very relaxed space, um, they to the southwest of the city um, at Paris Country Club, uh, where there's obviously a golf course, but it's also adjacent to uh, a racetrack. Um, so it's um, yeah, the it's the boulevards are a bit wider there. Um, the I think the the the, the dogs um, are off the leash, and I think the ducks are unscared in in that neck of the woods. Um, so yeah, they seem very relaxed, and I think the um, the fatigue factor, if we want to call it that, uh, is something that we can't dismiss. Um, I, I think also, if you look at that all black side uh, compared to the one that played against the Springboks before the World Cup, a couple of names that have come back or are in sort of better nick now. Um, I'm just thinking in terms of the, the front row. Because obviously they they lost uh, Lomax in that in that test with that uh, mm. the knee or to the leg, um, and then uh, Galak Ethan de Groot I think is in a better space now as well. Um, 
So, yeah, so I think some of the players will probably go into that final a little bit more refreshed and energized. Um, and if you look at the box, the last couple of weeks, um, very taxing matches against France and uh, England, uh, it, took, it took a hell of a lot to get over the line in both those instances. Um, but if we know of, of a team that has it in them to sort of dig deep again, then it's, then it's probably the Springbok team. Yeah, I think I think that was my, my when you looked at that semi final. My first reaction was a lot of the guys looked flat, looked as if they mm. were yeah. a bit spent in terms of energy and um, and and yeah, and, and I don't know maybe it was the conditions and there was a lot of other factors probably that came into it as well. Very much um, like Wales in 2019, except that mm. we dominated that game a lot more in 2019 and should have put Wales away a lot earlier. Yeah, I mean, England played really well. I mean, that's probably the best England performance I've seen for a, for a while. I think there are tests they've won against the box over the last decade where they haven't played as well as they did last week. Um, they did everything uh, that you could possibly have asked for, of them, uh, except, of course, in that final quarter when the, the uh, wonky scrum caught up with them um, and gave the box a foothold to, to come and win that game. Um, so, but yeah, you know, it was a... It was match for the spring box. One could also then argue that going into a final, maybe that is the kind of preparation that you need. Um, in fact, I asked Stephen Kutsov after the, the semi-final, um, you know, what, what is the better preparation for a final? Is it to win by 30 points or is it to have that kind of scrap like they did? And he was very much in the camp of like, no, 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 they'll rather have a, a hard struggle like they did against England. So it's a case, of, I suppose, of like, just bring it on. Yeah, and um, well, I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to really call the box favourites in this because the All Blacks look like so much so much of a better side than they were at Twickenham. Um, they also look at, like a side that's like, happy in their camp and sort of found their niche. You often see it. It's a, it's a strange thing from the outside, but you often see it when when a side sort of tends to click together and sort of um, just just find this sort of sweet spot, so to speak. Um, mm. And you get that feeling, especially against Argentina. You got that feeling they were really enjoying themselves, and uh, yeah, yeah, and and that is a worry. So I think, the, in my mind, box obviously going in as underdogs. Although I don't think there's ever an underdog in in, in a Springbok All Black clash. And and the strange thing is to me is I mean because there's been so much focus on other things that we're going to get to the other stuff as well this week away from this <laughs> this final. But um, yeah, it's just it's just. There seems to be so much more respect, and mm. um, yeah, just go hang hammer tongs and but afterwards have a beer. And I think this is the the two mm. teams in world rugby that no matter what the result on, on Saturday night, they'll end up having a beer with each other no matter who wins. Yeah, I mean it's a it's really a more key fixture, isn't it? Um, I mean both teams they that when they play each other, there's this huge, this overwhelming sense of pride that they that they uh, sort of take. In those matches, I mean, um, I suppose it's it's kind of woven into the, the fabric of, of both countries' identity, you know, that they are successful in the rugby field. That's kind of like how we, we measure uh, our success. Um, it's, it's almost as if their existence is defined by it. I mean, it's like, mm. uh, you know, it's like the entire country will be willing those two teams on. So, um, yeah, it's usually significant and obviously only the second time uh, that they will clash in a final. I mean, they've played each other 105 times overall, but only the second time they'll play each other in a in a World Cup final. Um, so that in itself, obviously, sort of um, 
gives the game a sort of an extra edge. Uh, the first time since 1995 that they um, that they come up against each other in a final. Yeah, no, I think I think the the one thing about about that is is I mean. There's so much history between these two sides. There's so much, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, when I say the mutual respect, what I was actually getting at is that um, I'm not sure England and South Africa had to be in the change room together afterwards on Saturday night. It just, you just feel it's a different sort of vibe between those two teams. Um, and Maybe they went for a curry. I don't know. <laughs> well, you never know. Um, I, I could have said something now, but, you know, our, our English um, listeners probably wouldn't understand that Afrikaans listeners would. So uh, no, don't, we, go there. Speak, don't go there. <laughs> we'll keep it on the straight and narrow. But um, yeah, uh, well, I mean, let's just handle that straight away and just get out, get it out of the way. I think uh, you know, Liam and I were chatting just before we started recording, and I think we both share probably what South Africa's feeling is about this: is that it's, it's just so unnecessary. Where in a World Cup final week. We ended up talking about everything else but the World Cup final, and um, and and it's just it's there's such a sour taste in the mouth. Um, the way the whole thing's been handled, uh, yeah, I mean, it just it just feels very ridiculous. And I, I said to them before the time, it really smacked from where I was sitting of of almost that it was leaked. That and I know we have no definitive proof of that. Um, but it just was the way that it was picked up so fast and become an issue so fast of a piece of audio on the field was was a bit ridiculous. And and now the, the, the sad fact is now that World Rugby have said there's insufficient evidence, um, we, we left with a situation where no there's no winners. Um, both Bongi and Tom Curry's reputations have been tarnished. Um, both of them feel they're right. Um, and nobody can get any closure on the matter. And it's it's... It's just, I don't know. It, just, it leaves such a bad taste in the mouth, and 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 so, and so many supporters on on social media have just been going overboard about it on hearsay. And um, yeah, I don't know. Just to me, I know you, I know you sick and tired of having to be at these press conferences where these things get asked, asked and answered the whole time. But it just smacked of an agenda to me, and it just I don't know. I don't know how you felt that you sat there you had to had to go through all those questions. Then what did you feel about the whole thing? Look, I mean, it's the, I think the most important thing is um, neither of us or any of the people who tweet uh, were on the field. I think only, you know, Bongi knows what he said and Kari thinks he knows what he heard. Um, other than that, I mean, you, you, you know, we're all guessing. So um, what I did pick up is um, some of the the British media, um, obviously, once the story is out, um, it was, and of course, now their team is out as well. Um, it was like a dog with a bone. I mean, they were going to run with it. Um, and it, it wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna go away anytime soon, especially with, um, the world rugby once they decided to investigate. Uh, once that happened, obviously, then, you know, that becomes the, the focus. And then you all in a sort of a state of limbo until world rugby comes up with, um, uh, with some kind of response or, uh, a Unsatisfactory response. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that 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 very much is. But yeah, at least um it's 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 kinda done now. Um we can focus on the final, Bongi can play. Um and yeah, I'm kinda happy and relieved that it's behind us. Yeah, um I mean I, I know and I think it's a good time to to return just focus on the rugby here. I mean, it is the same place we won a World Cup final last in two thousand seven. Um there is it's a very different World Cup, this one, to that one, in so many different ways. Mm. But, um, 
Uh, I know you had a chat to John Smith um, the other night at the launch of his brandy. It is a brandy that he's launched, isn't it? It, it is a brandy, yes. Um, and it's, it's interesting that they would launch it in in France. Uh, obviously, cognac is king, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's bringing the brandy, and he's 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 got um, it's it's a group of fifteen rugby players who are all invested in this venture. Uh, but um, he will tell us about that uh, in a little moment. You're with Brendan Nell and Liam Delcom on the To The Last Drop podcast. With me, John Smith, World Cup winning captain. Um, you must have a, a, a feeling about this final. I mean, we're obviously back in Paris. It's a World Cup final. I mean, are you, are you getting that old familiar feeling? It is quite nostalgic. I mean, the reality is this is the this World Cup is the first time I've been back to Stade Francais in 16 years. So to stand on that field and to, especially the last two weekends, to have watched them do the business at absolute death in the last two weekends in a quarterfinal and a semifinal has been phenomenal. So yeah, it does it does bring up some old great memories. Mm. And if you if you look at the way they've gone about their business in this World Cup, uh, obviously there's similarities to 2019. Are you are you happy and satisfied with the way they're tracking? Look, this team has definitely improved as a group since 2019 and uh, having won in 2019 obviously put them under pressure to go back to back. But they've gotten better and better and they've solidified more as a group together. So we've seen a group that has probably had to walk the hardest road to a World Cup final than any other team in the history of World Cup. So should they do the business and go back to back, I don't think there will ever be a pathway this difficult mm. to do what they've done. Mm. And it, what's also clear is that if you look at the last two games in particular, they are very, very difficult to beat. <laughs> they do. They find a way every single time. I mean, Victor and I, we've been joking because against France, at, with 20 to go, we walked down to the field thinking it was done. And then... It was even more done with England, and we said to each other, 20 minutes, we got to go down, because the last time we went down at 20, you know, the things turned around. Mm. And uh, Vrachis, it was unbelievable, that the Traba, Arches, Neiman, and they found a way again in, in a game where they were just never in it. And uh, I think that's a, that's a sign of a championship group. Mm. Uh, we are in Paris, and there are increasing sort of signs that South Africans are taking over, and South Africa's taking over, um, and not just in a sporting sense, but um, in a way culturally as well. Um, you, you are involved in a project that um, basically exports a bit of South African culture. Uh, yeah, we're trying to bring a bit of South Africa to, to the Northern Hemisphere and around the world, actually. But actually, more than that, we're just you know, trying to build a team around... I guess what a life that we lived in a, in a team of 15. Now we've found 15 ex rugby players that have uh, in, invested in a, in, a, in producing a, a VSOP brandy um, and bringing it across the world. And uh, the first country of, of uh, that's going to be getting our brandy will be Europe. And these are the first bottles that we're drinking at tonight. So it's been a pretty interesting project because normally you just get asked to sponsor and endorse a project. But now we've actually all thrown our own money in at the same project and we've got a team of 15 that's b- busy building a brand that we want to to really grow around the world, let alone South Africa. But the beauty is we've kept brandy a secret from the world for so long. Now it's time for them to understand where we're coming from. And I have to say, pretty audacious to bring it to France first. I mean, the the land of cognac, and here you come with brandy. Then. Well, that's the thing. We're a, we're a, um, a very special old pal, which is uh, a, a ju- just slightly different to a cognac, and you can get cognac all over Europe. 
but a cognac is, is a difficult thing to have with a Coke, and so a South African needs to know that he can pour something when he's in Europe with a bit of Coke as well. So mm. it's great on ice, it's great with Coke, beautiful with ginger ale, and it needed to be good on all three levels mm. for it to succeed around the world. Brandy ginger ale is actually a hugely underrated drink. Hugely underrated. Uh, it's one of my favorites, absolutely. In fact, I think I've um, developed the habit, especially in winter, to chuck actual ginger in this, I'll, I'll cut off a piece and chuck lovely. it in there. And it's a lovely. We'll put that into our next me- recipe. Medicinal. <laughs> oh, thanks. Sure. Yeah, and the, and the, I think um, you know, just while we were talking about Bongi there, I mean, I think the one thing that is quite important and, and why it was such a, I suppose, such a, a, a tentative moment for the Springboks in this week was the fact that you know, he is such an important part of their game plan. He's their backup captain. He's such an important guy on the field for them. And he's quite an intimidating character. Just without he doesn't need to say anything. He's got the face of 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 I won't say an angel, but he's got a yeah, he's the type of guy you 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 don't want to meet in a dark scrum. So um and uh <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to think of a way of describing it without um, sounding uh, most yeah, I think most crumbs are dark. Uh, so yeah, let's yeah. Yeah, I think he makes <laughs> them uh, uh, yeah, let me leave it the uh, uh but, uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, no, Bongi. I mean, Ox, Oxen, Oxen Chess spoke the other day about, you know, when he was asked about, the, he, he mentioned the dark arts that, that happened in the scrum. He, he said it with a big smile. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, there's a guy who, uh, my words this week when I had to write something about that, I said, um, yeah, if he, if, if Maria Internet said, let them eat cake, I think we should buy Ox a whole. French patisserie, while he's uh, or patisserie, sorry, um, while he's in Paris, um, let him have as much cake as he likes. He, if he can perform like that in the scrum, who cares? Um, but yeah, I mean, Bongi. I mean, with ever since Malcolm Marks has gone, I mean, it's always been a bit of a worry that at some point we're going to get to a point where we lose another hooker, and Mark and Stalin might be in the mix. I think we all feel pretty comfortable with Dion Ferry there, but um, yeah, you also had another chat. You had a chat uh, the same night to to. Um, Hanyani Shimongi, um, show me about uh, just the importance of Bongi. So let's have a listen to that. Uh, with me, uh, former Springbok and esteemed commentator Hanyani Shimongi. Um, w- welcome to our show. Thank you very much, esteemed. Um, thank you, thank you. I'm actually blushing here. Uh, okay. I'm just a commentator. I love the game. I'm enjoying, a, enjoying being out here in Paris. And what a World Cup it's been, and I can't wait for this weekend. It's, it's been splendid. Um, I wanted to ask you about the final and like just one or two things uh, that is, uh, well, obviously talking points. I won't, we don't, won't go into the controversies, but yeah. I just wanted to know from you as a former hooker, uh, how central and how crucial a guy like Bong, Bongi Mbunambi is to the spring box well he's massive he's 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 playing 80 minutes um you know for the first time in a long time he's important you know great uh line thrower he's, he's a great leader look i've worked with him from a coaching point of view for a while he is the spiritual leader of the spring box he, he's an absolute warrior he gives everything and he, you know he's exactly what you want in an international hooker he's got the experience and the big moments and remember he went off the last world cup final um after a short time so i'm sure he wants to go full 80 this weekend mm. uh, there's also been a little bit of talk about uh, workloads uh, obviously in the absence of malcolm Marx, uh, his workload has has gone up uh, do you have any concerns around that <laughs> Not really. Look, I mean, Dion Free is, 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 will, will probably substitute from Dion's a good hooker. He played super rugby. He's been the one, you know. I think he just had a generation where there's a lot of good hookers ahead of him. He went to France, he's come back. And what a story it would be for Dion Free to come on at hooker. I think 
Um, you know, obviously, people say line of throwing. Yes, well, he's missed, I think, one throw against France, was it? He got that ball at the back, which is a high-pressure ball in the closing stages of the game. So we've got, we've got a, a willing and able uh, uh, replacement. Dion had that carry around the corner against um, England, you know, down there. And then yeah. Arceus Neyman scored. So, look, it's, it's rugby, it's injuries, but the coaches would know well enough what they can produce. Rassi and Jacques have worked with Dion since he was 19. Mm. He's 36 or 37 now, so they, they know exactly what he's about. Also a tough customer, competitive guy, adds breakdown steals. So, yeah, look, if, if, if Bongi goes down or something, I'm sure Dion Free will step in. Just finally, from a rugby perspective, uh, if you look at this Springbok squad and you compare it, when I say squad, the, the players that are available to play in the final, um, if you compare it to 2019, are we in a better position or are we worse off? Probably in a better... Well, we're four years older. You know, with the World Cup, yeah. we've got experience. Um, we've got a great understanding. You look at a guy, I think John said it, John Smith said it, we lost a beast, but we gained an ox. You know? So, yeah. so we, we, we're in a good space. I think Scrum Wars, we've got more than enough Scrum. We've got depth everywhere. Mm. It's not a team... I mean, I like... Uh, you know, the, for me, a great example is how a guy like Jesse Creel has stepped up. Mm. You know, Luka Nyam was the best center in World Rugby for three or four years. Gets injured before the World Cup. Jesse comes in, mm. and he, he, was, he was crucial against... Uh, France and England so mm. we're in a good position we're, we, I think we're, in a, we're probably the, the best position we've ever been in yeah clearly uh, Bongi is a, a vital cog in that Bok machine um, and it, it's, it was also a little bit ironic that he was the player then obviously that there was this huge shadow over uh, for much of the build up week to this test so um, yeah I think a lot of people um, looking forward to see him um, perform on, on, on Saturday it may be that he has a Maybe he has a point or two to prove. We'll see. Um, but it's not, I mean, as somebody said, there, there's no, a couple of players said that, that, that there's no um, extra motivation that's needed for this game, um, given the occasion and given the fact that it's against the All Blacks. Um, so I, I think if, if we saw thunderous um, collisions in the quarterfinals and then again last week against them, uh, it will probably go up a notch this weekend. Yeah, I think I think it's also different because you're not facing England. I mean, if they were facing England, maybe it would have been very different. But because they're not facing them, I don't think that it has that much relevance in terms of this weekend's game. I think it's more just a sideshow that you just want to get out the way that you know you can concentrate fully on the game. Um, yeah, saying that, I mean, the team was announced this morning. Um, we were really surprised that they're going to go with seven one. They were always going to go with seven one, weren't they? And um, yeah, it, I suppose in a way they've telegraphed. Um, the intention's quite clearly. Um, it's you don't have to be a, 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 a superb. Um, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, rugby brain. There's some other word I was looking for, but rugby brain to work out what the game plan is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the last couple of weeks, obviously, they went with um, with five three. Um, the restoration to full fitness and match fitness, I should actually say of Andre Pollard now obviously afforded them the opportunity to play him um, ahead of Marnie Lubbock. And if you play him, um, and, and then there's, if you look at the 23, then obviously Marnie then becomes a little bit expendable, um, which is uh, which is tough on him because obviously he's had a, he's had a good year uh, with the box in the fly-off position. Uh, and it's actually a, a point I, I raised with, with Jacques because uh, I spoke the entire year about how the box have been given an extra dimension and how they've evolved uh, with Marnie at Flav uh, and now with him out of the team. And obviously it's a World Cup final, so you're probably going to play 
with a little bit less uh, attacking ambition. Um, but it, it, it still warranted the point, I suppose, um, you know, with them out of the team, what happens to this sort of extra gear that they've been working on uh, over the last year. So it's probably something that will become a talking point again next next year when they uh, when they resume their battles. Um, but that's a that's obviously a problem for the new coach. Yeah. <laughs> Saying that this is Jacques' last game or this is the last game for the, the mm. third consecutive week. And and uh, he was asked about that. And I think it's quite – he's not the only one that's leaving. Felix Jones is also leaving. There's a number of other players that are um, also probably going to be retiring. We'll probably hear about them in the weeks and months to come. Um, you know, they're all sort of getting towards the end of their careers. Won't make another World Cup at least. Um, but, yeah, Jacques was asked about it. And, uh, yeah, if, if there's any emotion – in the fact that it was his last game, and uh, yeah, Jock being Jock was always quite straightforward. In terms of how did I approach this weekend from being the last one, maybe? Yeah, um, you know what? It's funny. I was I went for a run this morning, and uh, I was thinking about it. You know, in 2011, uh, when I was in New Zealand with the Springboks uh, in the World Cup, I thought I'll probably going to continue. And then Heineke went another route with John McFarlane, and they were very successful together. So, and then I thought, oh, okay, I had seven games with the Springboks, and it was unbelievable. And then um, I, 2016, I got another opportunity with the box, uh, but then I already signed with Munster, and, and, and so I only had three test matches with the box. And, and, and I thought when I left for Munster, okay, listen, that's it. I had 10 unbelievable test matches with the Springboks. And then we came back to 2018. The point there is you actually don't know the future. Um, and, and that's how I see it. I'm not, I'm not emotional because I don't know if, it's, if this is my last test match for the box or not. Uh, um, because you can plan life as much as you want, but life has got its own way and destiny has got its own way. So for me... I just focused on, I think, how you should approach the game. This is your, the, every day, any day can be your last day with a, with, with a team. I, enjoy, I just enjoyed every single minute of it uh, and, and just stay in the now, in the moment and, uh, and just uh, uh, enjoy the players because I think this group, like CRC, this will probably never, no, not probably, this will never happen in our lifetime again. So, so rather thinking of maybe this might be the end or it is the end or not, just stay in the moment and just enjoy for what it is. It's probably the biggest occasion that we will ever be part of and probably the biggest rugby game that there's ever been. One and two playing each other in a World Cup final uh, uh, and whoever wins is going to be the first team to win, or country to win four, four World Cups. So it's, it's massive. It's all to gain. So that was my approach. I just, I just stayed in the moment because I have been uh, in, twice I've been in positions where I thought this is, my, this is the end. As I will never be here again, and and look where we are, where we are now. Yeah, so that's how I approached it. Yeah, there's no surprises in that in that reply. Um, he's always taken the emotion uh, out of the occasion. Um, he, he kind of approaches things like a like a scientist. Um, in a, I wouldn't say a cold way, but like in a very calculated way. So um, yeah, I mean, at, at some point on Saturday, I would imagine probably when the uh, when they do the anthems, maybe you'll feel a little bit of emotion then, but um, he might not own up to it later on. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I mean, I think, I think people, I was asked this week by somebody, um, yeah, how is it that he could be a World Cup winning coach and then his next job is going to be an assistant coach of Leinster? And um, my answer was quite simple. You know, if you know Jacques, you'll understand 
That's something he says a lot of the, about the, a lot of the time. It's not about who's about egos. It's about what's good for the team. And uh, I think he he feels he can go con- con- contribute somewhere else uh, after this. Uh, I'm a bit unfortunate to the instant because uh, there'll be opposition for South African URC teams. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. just like it's like him. He's not the type of guy who's going to want. Because anyway, how big, a, how much of, and I think Jake White probably saw this in uh, after he won the World Cup, is is what happens after you win a World Cup? Where can you go mm-hmm. next that's really going to satisfy you in, in the same sort yeah. of, bring you the same sort of highs of winning a World Cup? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think he's very much focused on the fact that he, he told, in fact, I have to share this, uh, when he took the job, um, I still asked him afterwards, we were having a conversation, I said, yeah, yeah. Are you quite happy going back to Leinster? And he said, "Yes." His wife and his kids loved Leinster. He said, and I said, "Have you got a place yet?" And everything. And he said, "No, he's he's finding a place." He said, "But the worst thing is he's got this little Jack Russell, <laughs> this little dog." He says, "And this dog is the most well-traveled dog in the world because they got him um, in South Africa. They took him to Ireland, and then of course he came back from Ireland to South Africa, <laughs> and now he's going back to Ireland." So. Uh, anybody who's ever transported dogs abroad will know it's not a cheap mm. exercise. Um, <laughs> and that, that was his biggest worry at that stage. Wasn't getting a house, wasn't getting schools for the kids, was getting the dog over to Ireland again. Mm. So uh, hopefully he's done that and hopefully that he's settled in and happy. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big week for Jacques and, and that. And uh, yeah, uh, there's not much more we can say, I suppose, because I think everything has been, it's one of those weeks where Every question has basically been asked. Everything has been said. Um, yeah, there's not much more you can say on the podcast that, that hasn't really been asked or, or spoken about by everybody this week. So, because um, all the focus has been on the same thing. So, I'm going to I'm going to ask you one last question. Then, give us a prediction. Oh, it's a very tough one. Um, early in the week, having seen uh, the All Blacks and are they are they interacting? Um, uh, at their base, they just sort of um, had this relaxed vibe about them, um, which I didn't necessarily see with the Springboks. Um, so, at, at, yeah, we we must completely forget about that London game because it's, it's going to be a vastly different game. Um, and it, it may well come down to a kick. So I'm going to say Springboks 15, New Zealand 12. Ooh. Where have I seen that scoreline before? I'm sure I've seen it somewhere. Well, in the world of ironies. <laughs> uh, in, in fact, in that game, wasn't the, the referee also an Englishman? Uh, Ed Morrison? It was. <laughs> well, maybe yeah, let's hope history repeats itself then. Um, yeah, I'd also go for Springbok victory. I'm not really worried too much about the scoreline. I think a one-point win would be fine like last week. Um, and, and to be honest, if the box don't make it, I think... Um, if you were going to lose against any team, you would rather have it being the All Blacks than, than last mm, week or the week true. before. Um, but um, obviously, I hope for a Bok victory. Uh, and uh, I reckon uh, as long as we see a good game, I think I'm a lot more – I'm probably going to be a lot – I say it now, uh, like most South Africans, I'm probably going to be a lot more relaxed going into this game than the last two weeks. But who knows, after a couple of minutes and a couple of penalties, you know, you, that all changes. So, um yeah, let's hope it's 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 not heart attack material for anybody this weekend. Uh, yeah, that we all get through it with our nerves intact. So uh, yeah, hopefully it's a great game to watch. And 
We've all got something to celebrate. So, yeah, then that's the last World Cup episode of To The Last Drop. It's your last week in Paris. Hopefully, next time I speak to you, you'll be back in Gauteng, um, not battling load shedding, hopefully. Um, Can't wait. <laughs> giving you something to look forward to. Load shedding's been suspended for a couple of days. So, um, uh, <laughs> well, I was also told my car isn't starting. So, um, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a bit to look forward to. Uh, yeah, now, of course, what happens, and I mean, yeah, that's that's the one thing I think anybody who travels also on business knows about it, that once you're away from home um, on a tour or whatever, then everything will break that never breaks. The washing machine, and it'll all break in the same week. The washing machine, the the, the tumble dryer, the, the lawnmower, the car won't start, it all happened in the same week while you're away. And, and, and pool pumps also seem to know when your bags have been packed. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I've just, I've just had now this this morning. I had a, a fuse on the solar panels. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know the solar panels had fuses, but that's that's beside the point. But yeah, well, something will go wrong. Something to blow. <laughs> well, let's hope there's no fuses blowing on Saturday night. Uh, this has been to the last drop. Thanks for joining us. Join us again next week, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. And a reminder, you can find all the To The Last Drop podcasts on the Brendan Nell YouTube channel, iono.fm, Spotify, player.fm, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, and iTunes, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.